Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about how well do you know yourself and some of the steps that will help you get there. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me today, as always, is Jeff East. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing fine, Eric. So today, we're going to be looking at how well do you know yourself? Now, there's a part of me that says, man, that's really, really important. And I think there may be some things that our listeners are going to learn that maybe are not so obvious in that process. So kind of take us through. What's the one of the most important reasons for that? When you're, Especially when you're dealing in the emotional intelligence world, if you're trying to uh, improve your emotional intelligence to have a more positive effect on the people around you and a more positive effect on yourself, you need to know your starting point. And the only way you can know your starting point is to know yourself, to know what motivates you, to know your strengths, to know your weaknesses, your hot buttons, you know, those kind of things. And the better you understand yourself, the better you're going to be able to move ahead in not just emotional intelligence, but just in your life. It's interesting. Um, I had a gentleman not too long ago who reached out to me and asked me about how do you write a book, Eric? What's the process? I want to write a book. And on the face of it, you know, that's a really, that's a cool thing that he'd asked me and, and he really wants to write a book. But what I found in, in our conversation, and I try to do this in every conversation around this is, why do you want to do that? What is it in you? What What is the purpose? Because by doing that, I, I, I wanted to try to drive them into that. Do you actually know why you want this? Let's go through some of the steps okay. uh, around this that, that will help listeners as it relates to All right. That. Well, the, the first one, to know yourself, you're going to have to do some reflection. You're going to have to take some time to 
understand what drives you, understand how you react to things. Like, how do you express anger? Do you explode like a volcano? Do you hold it in and let it fester? Um, you know, what do you do when you're anxious? Do you eat, exercise, call a friend? Do you listen to music? This is a tough one for most of us. Can you postpone gratification? You know, if you think of something you really want, can you put it off for 24 hours, one month, a year, six months, or maybe never? So, you know, how do you react to different things? But you're going to have to reflect. You're going to have to take the time to look inward. And that is scary for most of us. And I'm glad you uh, you mentioned that because that is one area, and I know, Jeff, we've talked about it in previous episodes, the importance of not being too hard on yourself. Correct. Uh, a number of folks, I think, at times – why they stay away from a reflection is because they don't want to necessarily uncover things that they would rather forget mm -hmm. because they may think that makes them a bad person or not good enough or what have you. So what do you say to that person who says, hey, Jeff, I, I really don't like going there because of that? What would you say to encourage them that it's not that it's not bad? To help them, I would ask them to think about their level of empathy, first for others, because that's what most of us think about, and then steer them to the point of, do you have any empathy for yourself? Can you give yourself a break, allow yourself to be human? I think that will help people when they do this reflection. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't do that the way I wanted, but I recognize that now. I'm going to give myself a break so I can move ahead. I can't tell you the number of times where I've been in rooms, whether it was giving a talk or just participating in some type of an event, and a certain subject comes up, um, for example, chronic disease, and in my case, autoimmune. And to have that person or persons come up to me afterward and say, man, I can't believe it. Yeah, I have that as well. I think that's just pure for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got some mistake. Everybody has had something that didn't go the way it should have gone or, or they made the mistake and it messed, you know, all of that. So I really wanted to stay on that for a moment just to encourage people that reflection, yes, it does uncover some things that we sometimes don't want to look at, but this is a key area. Am I right? Right. I'm thinking of those nationwide commercials. What's the guy's name that causes all the problems? Uh, uh it's not, is it havoc? Uh, Mayhem. Mayhem. That's it. We all have Mr. Mayhem come into our lives. You know, th those are kind of funny and, and that, but it, it, it does happen. You just sometimes have to step back and go, okay, it is what it is. Okay. What, what's the, what's one of the, the next steps? I think it's important that you are able to listen to feedback. You know, sometimes it's solicited, sometimes it's not, but to take it with the idea that, okay, this is some information, some data people are giving me that I can use. Uh, it may be false data. Maybe I'm not coming across the way I think I am. But to be able to, to take that feedback, not get upset about it or not get upset as much as we normally would, take it for what it is, is information. And that includes feedback from yourself. And that's the reflection again, gotcha. going back and looking at what, what did I do? I think the next thing to know yourself, does your self-description match the other people in your life? Do you think they're seeing you the same way you do? And just take that for what it is. As an example of that, could that be someone who goes to their spouse and says, hey, do you think that I sometimes am too sarcastic with people? Maybe you feel like, well, no, I'm, I'm just, I, I like to joke. I like mm -hmm. to be humorous. And then your spouse says, yeah, I actually think you, you, you're too sarcastic. Yeah, correct. To, to take that, once again, as 
more information, more more data that you can use to really get to know yourself because you know, we don't know all the time how we're coming across to other people. And so that description of you from them is very important. And I think it's also very important that you make sure that you're consulting with people you trust and Correct. who have your best interests at heart, right? right? And, and somebody you know that they're not going to say anything just to be mean. They, they may have something that's not pleasant, but they're not going to use it to attack you. If they're being apologetic when they tell you, they're probably being honest. So what else? Do you, do you think about consequences when you're making a decision? Do you have a process to make a decision? And we all have different processes. Some of us are data driven. Some of us are intuitive thinkers. But do you have a process that you're comfortable with that you use to make a decision? That's important. And then can you rechoose or reevaluate decisions? Can you change your mind if you know, I'm an intuitive thinker? So I make a decision and then my wife comes to me as a fact driven person and she gives me the facts. And she's right. Am I able to go, okay, yes, we'll do it your way because my intuition didn't work as well that time. That requires a lot of humility as well, right? Or it's the same way if you're a fact-driven person and the intuitive thinker makes you think of a different solution and you think of what they thought and Mm -hmm. you go, okay, my facts were wrong. It works both ways. So can you reevaluate, change your mind? How does that work for you? Why would you want to change your mind? Is it just to go along with people or is it you're changing your mind because that is going to get you the outcome you want? How motivated are you? Are you driven by intrinsic, internal motivation? Are you driven by extrinsic motivation? Extrinsic motivation could be peer pressure. Extrinsic motivation could be the drive to get the house, the car, because that's what people will see. Mm-hmm. Or are you driven by what's in, inside of you instead? You know, we kind of talked about this in some other podcasts, like your noble goal and intrinsic motivation. If, if people would like to, to refer back to those, yes. that would be great. Are you optimistic? Are you glass half full, glass half empty? When you look at a situation that's challenging, do you look at it with gloom and despair? Or do you look at it with, okay, we can get through this. When we get through this, we'll have learned some new things about ourselves or new things about this process. So are you optimistic or not? Do you stay in depression or anxiety or distress a lot? Are you are you that kind of a person? Getting to know yourself is not always going to be fun. There's going to be times when you're going to have to look at some of these things that are not pleasant. And I think the important thing was how much perseverance do you have? How much can you stick to whatever it is when uh, when mayhem shows up again? You're frustrated, you're challenged, you're set back, uh, and it could be bigger little things. You get a ticket on the way to work. How is that going to affect your day? Are you going to persevere with what you have planned or are you just going to wallow in cop picked on me and gave me a ticket and I didn't deserve it or and ruins your entire day and ruins your entire day and mm-hmm. again, my insurance, you know, all those things that, yep. are, that you're going to deal with. How do you handle that? Do you persevere? Do you just keep going? And that could mean, you know, you might have to step back for a minute and, and re- refocus or regroup, but that's okay. You know, how well do you do that? And this next thing is. Can you finish the sentence, I feel? I feel angry. I feel happy. I feel joyful. Can you identify the emotion that you're feeling at that time? Which another podcast we did on emotional literacy. Mm -hmm. Can you actually name the emotion you're feeling? Which goes back to the being able to navigate. You have to know where you start from again. So being able to do that is very important and it takes practice. And there's things you can do to help with that. Because you really can't deal with anyone else's emotion unless you know what one or where you're at. 
Yes, that greater awareness, right? Greater awareness. And some emotions are spur of the moment. You know, somebody buys you a cup of coffee that you didn't expect. So you're happy about that. But then you go along that continuum of that kind of emotion, then there's joy. Joy is something that goes on forever. You're, you're joyful because of your marriage. You, you found the perfect mate. Mm-hmm. So there's a joy there that's different than the happy. Right. People confuse those. That's just an example. Just like I, I work with some kids in one of the uh, motion terms that we talked about yesterday was miffed. <laughs> you know, somebody just kind of does something that kind of makes you angry. But then you go, you know, you can take it all the way to disgust. This person disgusts me. Mm-hmm. So there's different levels of emotions, but be able to name them and understand them and recognize the difference between just a short-term thing or something that, you know, you really need to worry about. Sadness, depression, things like that, mm-hmm. you, you need, need to be able to name. And, and this one, do you act or react or do you react or respond? So, you know, acting means you've thought it through. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about an actor, they might have practiced it. <laughs> so you, you actually have a plan in your head. I am going to act on this. I'm not going to just go off and cause problems, which you usually do if you react. Uh, react usually has no thinking in it. It doesn't think about any consequential thinking. It doesn't think about what it's going to do to the person or the situation. Most times it's going to make it worse. I mean, there's times, you know, if something's on fire and you react with a fire extinguisher, that's different than your child broke your favorite coffee cup. So, I get that. you know, it's, it's how you respond to things. And this next one is, is a little bit more difficult. Do people know the real you? Are you honest and open and uh, genuine with people? Do you allow that? You know, there's always some things that we want to keep hidden about ourselves and some things that we should keep hidden that from most people because of the type of relationship you have. But do you project who you really are? And I, I think everybody at some level probably is trying to make sense of this one. I um, watched a documentary movie um, uh, called Jim and Andy. Oh. I think that was the name of it. Jim Carrey. I've seen that on Netflix. I okay. want to watch it. It is it is a fabulous documentary, and it's basically Jim Carrey and the process he went through as he was making the movie on Andy Kaufman, Man in the Moon, uh, some years ago. And it's a blend of evaluating the film that he made and then him personally. And one of the things that really struck me about him is that he had come to this place where he had he, he realized that he had created this other person in his art, and he realized that was not sustainable to continue to live inside of because he was using it as a way to hide. And he said something that really, really struck me. Sometimes when you decide to be, and I'm paraphrasing, when sometimes when you decide to be who you really are, it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. <laughs> and they may not like it, but it's essential to do it. That really struck me because I think at the end, there is a certain level of fear that if I let you see the real me, what if you don't like it? What if you, what if, what if you say something that might make fun of me? So I might feel more secure if I keep up a different act. I know this is pretty prevalent. So what's one little step someone could take, do you think, that might help them kind of be closer to being able to maybe be that real person? One thing that comes to mind is if, let's say it's in a work situation and you, you made a Silly mistake. Own up to it. I wasn't thinking this through. 
and just show some vulnerability. That I think that's the first step is just being able to show someone I'm not perfect. Which I think is a much stronger strategy than not owning up to it and continuing over time making those silly mistakes but never owning up to it because then people feel that you're the person that never takes ownership mm -hmm. of these silly mistakes. It shortens the time that you're going to have to deal with down the road. Yeah, that, that's just one example. You know, it's just whatever it is that makes you vulnerable. Yeah. When I used to do uh, Christian clowning, one of the things that they taught me was I had to totally be vulnerable when I was doing it, uh, especially with the, the type of clown that I was. It's the, the hobo tramp clown. His role is to make people want to help him, to make people feel better. That's his core. And the only way you can do that is you had to be vulnerable and mess up in front of people is part of what you were doing. So as we look here, getting toward the end, mm -hmm. there's one here that it talks about uh, making conscious acts of kindness in your daily life. Unwrap that a little bit. It could be a little thing. If you've ever shopped at Aldi's, mm -hmm. to get a shopping cart, you have to have a quarter. They don't want to have to go out into the parking lot and bring the shopping carts in. So they have this little gizmo that locks them together. And the only way you can get your shopping cart is to slide a quarter into it. It's just part of their cost-cutting thing. My wife and I shop there because a lot of their products are exactly the same as you get at Kroger's or Myers or whatever right, right. at half the cost. So anyway, mm -hmm. I leave the quarter in there. So when the next person walks up, their quarter's already there. Just just a little thing. You know, you, you hear about people doing like – Okay, I'm going to pay for the person behind me in line. Yes. Just just little things like that. Or giving the waitress or waiter a, a, a tremendously generous tip right. beyond what would be expected. Yeah, things like that. It could also be, you know, when you ask somebody, how you doing, really mean it. I really do care. Just, just little acts of kindness like that. It, we tend to think these things have to be like Mother Teresa, you know, world-changing. You are changing the world just where you're at. And I think, you know, as you mentioned her – it, it was like these million gestures she did over mm -hmm. a, a lifetime. You know, sometimes because she was in such a – she was a celebrity. People forget that that was born out of all of these steps, these small, insignificant, seemingly insignificant, unaware events that led to that, that makes you marvel at her. So I'm selfish. I She's one of my favorite people, and <laughs> you, we've talked about that <laughs> yes. before. So how about being committed to making the world a better place, Jeff? Well, I think that's part of this, you know, the small acts of kindness. It's just when I pass through, what did I leave in my wake? Are people feeling better? Did I encourage someone? Mm -hmm. uh, did I do something to help someone improve? Did I do something to help someone get through a difficult time? What am I doing? Once again, we think about huge things. And most of us aren't in the situation or the position to be able to do huge things like Mother Teresa did. Mm -hmm. So it's just what happened after I left. What does it look like? And I think that kind of goes into the next one, which is are you content with your legacy? Mm. What are people going to say at my funeral? What are the real things that people can remember that I did for them? Or so for other Jeff, people? You know, I, I interrupted you there. I'm, I'm sorry. I, you just got me thinking. So – what about the person that would say to you, Jeff, you don't know how many mistakes I've made. You don't know how I've messed up this and that and the other. I, no, nobody's I, – I, I'm not going to make the world a better place. I mean, I, I, it's too late. What would you say to that person? I would say it's not too late because you don't know 
if you admit those things, what effect you might have on somebody that's where you are but 30 years before. We, we can all have a positive effect no matter where we are. Uh, I see that in the prisoners where some of these guys have made really, really – I don't want to use the word mistake, but they did some really bad things. But through their faith and through people showing them that they're human, they're now trying to help other people not make those mistakes. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring that example up, and we maybe have used it before in past episodes, is that the understanding that to this subject matter, it's never too late to know yourself. No, it never is. It's never too late for you to begin. No. I think there's only one point in time when it's too late, and that's when you don't breathe anymore. When you don't breathe anymore. <laughs> but other than that, there is always the option. There's always the ability to, to, to begin. This knowing yourself is not a point in time because as you grow, you're going to have to figure out more things about yourself. So it's it's not static. It's a continuing thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, uh, and, and that it is a ongoing process throughout a lifetime. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jeff. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Circle270media.com Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us to hear. So we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All right. But But still. Not totally We want your feedback. We want your feedback. But it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. 
In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.